Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara of Star Sound Astrology. So today's episode is about Venus retrograde. Um, Venus is going to be, it's already been, she's already been in her shadow since middle of last month. So um, the actual retrograde is going to happen tomorrow. And so uh, at uh, Eastern Standard Time, 5.35 a.m. on Sunday, December 19th. Now, this is a big, big deal for several reasons. First of all, just in general, Venus only retrogrades every 18 months. It's not like Mercury, which does it three, sometimes four times a year. And so we, we really pay attention to this transit. Um, and in furthermore, um, why it's extra important this year and, and really all of next year for the next year and a half to be precise, why is why do we need to pay attention to Venus? Well, and I'll get more deeply into this in my 2022 forecast, but Venus is the, uh, well, we'll say the goddess of the North Node. The North Nodes are now in Taurus. The North Node is now in Taurus. The South Node is in Scorpio. So Venus and Mars are the polarities and the archetypes that we will be dealing with. We've already started dealing with for the next year and a half. So with the North being the Lord of the North Node eclipse, um, and uh, so that, of course, huge beginnings and endings with everything Venus related. What are we worth? Our self-esteem, our values, our personal possessions, our money in the bank, our agreements, our loyalty. Who are we loyal to? Uh, what are we loyal to? Uh, these are all going to be up for uh, reprogramming and questioning and new discoveries about ourselves and our, um, you know, how we see ourselves, how we connect with each other, how do we not connect with each other? So these, these themes are really, really big for the next year and a half. We also have to remember Uranus has been in Venus's Airbnb, <laughs> for, as Achuta likes to say, uh, for the last uh, year and a half. No, not year and a half, sorry. I meant to say since, where did I get that from? May of 2018, Uranus entered the Airbnb of Venus. So Uranus, the planet of chaos, catastrophe, sudden change, innovation, enlightenment in Venus's sign of Taurus, right? So that's another Venus ruled sign. So, you know, there's, there's um, and the eclipses coming up in 2022 and 2023 are going to be um, aligned very closely, especially those that August, I mean, uh, April and October eclipses, very aligned with Uranus. So a lot of sudden change, a lot of innovation that is um, here, you know, presenting itself. And so, you know, that is really why we really want to pay attention and watch and be really mindful for the next six weeks, uh, especially during this retrograde. It'll start on the 19th and it'll end on um, December, January 29th. So this is a time where we really want to pay attention to what comes up in our lives regarding relationships and money and the archetypes that Venus represents, harmony, love, marriage, the marriage planet, right? So we are revisiting, right? Retrograde, we're stepping back and we're going to that mountaintop where we're kind of away from the world. And, you know, Venus will move in, in the same direction as the sun. So it's almost like we're, we're getting like our higher selves are talking to us, you know, it's that pure, more pure connection away from the dross of the material world. So 
we get to discover things about ourselves. And so it's, it's a really powerful uh, dynamic um, transit. Lord of the Eclipse, Uranus in the Venus rule Taurus, and, um, and, and also, of course, as you probably know by now, um, this particular signature of Venus retrograde is with Pluto is going to be, is conjunct uh, Venus. So there's a talk about a deep dive into the underworld, uh, the shadow side of people in power, authorities, uh, government structure, um, all of this is, is, you know, on the mundane level is, is, is coming up. Venus conjuncted Pluto exactly on December 11th, just about a week ago, and many I've heard from from many of you, you know how how intense that was and and is and a lot of heavy duty stuff coming up, and um, it will again um, it'll step back and hit Pluto again. You know it's it's a, it's three passes uh, on this on uh, it'll be retrograde on, right on that Hades Lord of the Underworld Pluto on December 29th, and then it will conjunct Pluto one more time on March 3rd. Um, so we are really not um, out of the woods with this analysis, with this um, deep download and discovery um, for until early March, you know, so it's, it's profound and deep, um, needless to say. So um, the other thing I want to say is the, um, of course, because it goes retrograde, it will come into what we call Kazemi, you know, that magical window, that magical window with the sun where it has its private audience with the queen, I'm going to say this time, right? Um, that's going to take place on uh, Saturday, January 8th. So definitely you'll be feeling it. If you don't eat, write it in your calendar, you're definitely gonna feel it. Um, but Venus will is in the underworld, has that exact conjunction within 15 minutes of arc. So that's going to be Saturday, uh, January 8th, uh, Eastern Standard Time, that'll be 3.59 PM. And it will uh, go, it'll start that process several hours. It's about an eight, uh, seven, almost eight hours of this magical window. Um, it'll be exact, exact degree in minute from 7.44 to 7.53 p.m. on Saturday, January 8th. And then it will move um, out of that arc, 11.40 p.m. So that's a really rich, powerful time to really meditate, pray, set intentions, connect. You know, this is definitely going to give us an opportunity to connect with loved ones from the past. And with conjunction with Pluto, we might get visits from our ancestors. Um, I know I already have. Um, my dad's birthday, my, my late dad's birthday was the other day. And the day before his birthday, I could feel him around me. And um, I started to cry. You know, that's how I connect when I know that somebody's there. It's like somebody told me when my mom died. She's like, oh, you have the gift of tears. I'm like, I never heard of that. Um, but she said, yeah, that's that, and but I all I know is that's how I know when I just start to get teary and emotional, my heart opens and I could just feel them. You know, it's all about love. So he came around, and um, it was it was really um, very profound when when that happened. And I do feel him. You know, I feel him with me. I feel my my parents. So you might be feeling connections, or may have already started with the underworld, right? From people from from other dimensions, our ancestors who passed over. Um, certainly um, this Venus archetype with, with the conjunction with Pluto is going to bring us a lot of, um, oh, you know, not just the loyalties, but toxic agreements and toxic fidelity where we have been 
shallow and you know shallow and and not faithful to ourselves to others you know these are deep topics i would say too with pluto in the sign of capricorn it's like maybe and venus's journey this time might involve family karma and relationship agreements with families that might have been unseen right like secret agreements things that we didn't realize were operating or you know get that come to the surface and get revealed during this this time. Um, it's a very reflective time. And, um, and when, when Venus goes through that Kazemi with the sun, you know, on, on January 8th, um, it's, it's interesting because then uh, a week later, Pluto is going to have its private audience with the sun. So it'll go through its Kazemi at, on January 16th. And then there'll be a full moon the next day. So as I've said, shared earlier, you know, month of January is very dynamic these next few months very dynamic um we could see a lot of government restructuring um there could be women in leadership you know that whether it's you know i know there's been all what happened in the news chris noth and and that other guy that was um from a foreign country that had all these rape cases obviously right you know venus conjunct pluto all these secret uh, sexual harassment and sexual um assault you know cases coming up not a surprise so this deep dark underbelly of power and so we will feel this uh, very strongly these themes are going to be playing out over the next uh, couple of months i think too when venus gets into that conjunction with the sun uh in that kazemi that magical moment it's almost like the sun is it's like remember how i talk about it as like the private audience in the palace you know so the, it's like Venus is saying, uh, or Venus is receiving this, this deep download from the divine and the divine is saying, hey, you know, remember who you are. You know, you're a, you're a powerful goddess. Um, you know, if, you, for, if you've been feeling, you know, the self-esteem issues coming up or, you know, I don't know where this is coming from, deeply buried, you know, maybe there was trauma or something or in your background um, regarding your self-worth. Um, or, or just if you're a woman, being a woman and, and everything that has been, you know, the pain body of women and on a mundane level, it's going to be very, these are big topics that we're going to be revisiting. And yes, it can be painful. So um, there are many, many remedies, you know, mantra, meditation. I'm thinking of EFT tapping, you know, when you go and you tap on meridian points. And these are very powerful modalities for healing trauma and things that even have been buried for decades. You know, I remember reading that if you have had something, maybe it's PTSD from, you know, the Vietnam War. I mean, it didn't matter that it took place 50 years ago. You can still release these um, neural pathways, these the, the samskaras, as, as they call it in yoga, which are like knots. They're like etheric knots in our being and in our consciousness. And when we, we can undo them and release them, right? The toxicity of trauma. And once we do that, there is reprogramming available. So yeah, Pluto is scary in the beginning, right? It breaks down everything that's not useful and sustainable and healthy. And then from that, it's like the phoenix rising from the ashes. Then new growth can occur. And the growth that is there is, is good, sustainable, long-term growth, right? It's that breakdown of Pluto and Capricorn is, if nothing, it's been about the breakdown of society where we're purging ourselves of old materialistic, you know, this uh, greedy, um, power hungry, conquering energy and like reimagining ourselves on a healthier paradigm that's sustainable, that honors the earth. 
Pluto is very much connected with the wealth of the earth. So that's that's a little, little bit to chew on, right? Um, it's interesting that Venus is, I don't know if you've ever seen the, um, the orbit. Let me, let me see, about, just hold on a second. I'm gonna pull up a picture of what it looks like when Venus and the earth in orbit, and as they orbit each other, it's really beautiful. So hold on just a second. Okay, I found it. So I'm gonna share my screen and here is, let's see, hold on a second. Uh, da, 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 just a second. Okay, here we go. Here is the orbital path of Venus. Isn't it pretty? Oh, by the way, Venus rules flowers, did you think? Uh, so that's the path of, of, as it weaves its way around, look at that sacred geometry, the earth in its dance with Venus, right? And then this creates a five-pointed star. So it's interesting to, when you think about, um, when you think about the, the, the dance of Venus creating beauty and harmony, it literally makes that path in the heavens. And so that is of course reflected on earth. Um, now, when Venus is, is in its evening star phase now, so when it goes into the Kazemi in the underworld, it's going to emerge out heliacal rising and become the morning star. So this is a pattern of life and nature, right? The cycles of time. So evening star, it's, she's known as Venus Hesperus. And then when she comes out and becomes a morning star, it, she's known as Venus Lucifer. So obviously Lucifer is like, I know, Oh, scary, but it's, if you look at the Latin etymological root, it's light bearer. So she is the morning star, she's bearing light. So the, when Venus is in at the evening star phase, it, it tends to be, you know, she tends to be more laid back. It's more yin and, you know, laid back and cozy, right? And when it goes into the morning star phase, that's more yang energy. So. And how do we, how do we, we never think of Venus as that, but you know, she, that's when she becomes this, you know, like really mofo, this badass mofo, right? <laughs> so uh, let me show you what that looks like. Uh, here is, right, so we were looking at that. And uh, now the, if you were to draw a five, you can draw the Venus pentacle, the five pointed star and wow, look at that, five pointed. Uh, the Pentagon, right? Five, five, five sided, there it is. So anybody that tells you Venus does not have a shadow side as the God of war is full of it, right? We can just see it in our own, in our own government. And, and when you think too about the US air, like the air force, you know how you have the, the air force on the, uh, the star on the, for, on the side of military airplanes. It's a five pointed star. There it is again, you know, the symbol of our air force, like this is big old blue star, so really uh, something to think about. So anyway, let me get back to our show. So that, that is um, that basic talk about, you know, where we're going with all that. Um, now, also when you think about Venus, there's, there's this pattern of time. So it's an eight year, the last time Venus was in Capricorn was eight years ago and then eight years before that. So if you look back in your life, so that would have been about late 2013, early 2014. And think about what was going on in your life in terms of people, connections, relationships, and then where it is in your chart. Um, then before that, it was 2005 to 2006. So you just go back every eight year increments and it'll give you a sense of themes that are gonna come up. 
Um, what I'll do at the end is I'll, we'll do our trip through the zodiac. I know you guys love that. So, and where this Venus, powerful Venus retrograde will occur, uh, reshaping our values and our relationship to our values and our relationship to our loved ones and such, where this will occur in your chart. Um, so, and I, I, I would like to say too that um, the in the mundane world, I, I think really truly, we could be seeing um, we could be seeing a real change in leadership, not just the fact that you know standing up for women and all, but I think also um, when I think about like the Queen of England, you know, I, I honestly think that, and you can see it in the news. She was very sick. She's ailing. She wasn't able to go to. Uh, that the conference, the climate conference, and you see this energy, this kind of waning energy of like everything that she symbolized and represented for so many decades, that is an old paradigm and that is waning. And the new paradigm of female leadership is um, on the rise in a, in a new way, free of the toxic elements of the past. So, you know, when I came of age, I remember um, women's liberation and women entering the workforce and wanting to be treated as men or with the same respect and, and for intelligence and such. So I remember in the late seventies and early eighties, women dressed like men, they, suits and the, you know, jackets and everything was very, you know, squared shoulders, you know, to, to, to step into that. So the, the power of women was still in this, this guise of this patriarchal male oriented, you know, archetype. But now of course we've, We've shed that, but I feel with this Venus retrograde, we're going to come to a new place with, with all that, we're burning off um, old patriarchal um, energies. And so I, I, I feel that um, certainly, and I've talked about Kamala Harris before, as we see, you know, wherever you stand, it, this is not a political conversation I'm having of yay or nay, Democrat or Republican. I'm just simply saying that here she is in the news. There's been a lot of criticism of her and, and, and a lot of power conversations on either side and both sides going back and forth about her. Um, but we may be seeing her stepping into a different position of power or leadership or the way in which the, that all plays out could be undergoing a very uh, intense uh, transformative experience. Every time you have Pluto, it can, it's not easy, right? We all know Pluto transits are not a walk in the park. They make Saturn transits look like a walk in the park, which we know they're not. But anyway, just wanted to mention that. So it's like goodbye to the old patriarchal traditional ways of doing, do it because this is the way it's been done. You know, that attitude. And it's like, hello to the new, that we can, re we can invent our society in a way that works. It's not, yes, honoring the past and traditions, but not based on the, the toxic past. So indigenous traditions stepping to the fore. I see there are, we just named a Native American, and I apologize, I don't have the name on top of my head, but there was the first Native American that was nominated um, in this administration to head the uh, land management, the federal office of land management. And, you know, they've had, they had such a scarred history with uh, genocide, Native American genocide and chasing them off their land. So it's really interesting karma, right? And now a Native American is heading up this federal agency. So that's, that's one example. I also see with the money system too, I think we could be seeing some powerful dramatic changes in 
are the base, right? If you think about Capricorn, Saturn was Capricorn, the very structure of our society. Um, you know, the Biden administration's um, name of their plan is build back better. I mean, you, you can't get more Pluto and Cap and Saturn and Aquarius than that, right? Build back better, there it is. Um, so we could be seeing a lot of that really coming uh, up um, very intensely and very cathartically and transformatively in the, in the weeks and months to come. The huge government restructuring makes you a little scared sometimes. You know, you've seen a few of the chains being rattled about, oh, we could be running out of money with a government budget. And it's like, yeah, Venus retrograde, conjunct Pluto, everything's coming up for renewal and, um, and review. In the so it's not just us in our own lives, but we see this reflected in the in the um, at large, you know, society at large. Um, I would say too, um, our taste, our you know, Venus is art and talent and taste. So this is a great time to, if you thought about exploring your creativity or your sensuality or your femininity, if, you know, if you're a woman or you identify identify as a woman, um, or just that nurturing artistic part of yourself, whatever gender you identify as, this is a really powerful opportunity to go deep. Um, and this, again, this theme will be playing out in the eclipses with Venus North Node. Eclipses are going to be carrying this message and it's gonna resonate for the next year and a half. So our self-worth and our talents and all are really coming to the fore, our resources. Uh, it's the end of resources as we've known them, the old traditional structures, the supply chain and all. This is all Venus-Pluto conversation. Um, and on a high note, I'll just have, let's, let's, just, um, let's just put in a little humor in here, right? right? It can be a little scary with these money conversations, right? Everybody's like, oh my God. Comfort and security, Venus, right? I must have my weekly manicures, you know, and Uranus and Taurus is saying, yeah, maybe you don't. <laughs> so, ah, right? Uh, but anyway, I, I have to say, I was looking for something the other day online and I see this ad and I just thought I have to bring this up on the podcast. This is an ad, um, I'm gonna show you. And I thought, okay, this is so Venus retrograde. Like maybe we need to relook at what we find tasteful. And so I bring you this. <laughs> okay, are we ready? All right, so here is, so here's our beautiful Venus um, star pattern, right? But what I wanna show you is this. <laughs> this is the ad that I saw. You ever see these things, these like kitschy little, it's, it's Christmas and it's the nativity and it was puppy dogs, puppy dog nativities, like Jesus and, is a dog and Mary is a dog and Joe and the three kings are dogs. I mean, I'm like, okay, this is, <laughs> yeah, really. Can we revisit our tastes? Can anybody listening out there? And, and I, I, I have to say too, I think about those, so the ships that are the cargo ships, serious problems sitting out there in, you know, in, at, at the docks and the ports and how there's not enough people to get the things off the ships and the supply chain, you know, you've been reading all about that. And I think, my goodness, if you go into a dollar store, you see all this junk and, you, you know, most of it's made from China. So I think, gosh, you know, how much of those ships sitting there in harbors are like full of this stuff? Like, I, I'm sure, I mean, look, let's face it, stuff like this, it's all made in China. 
And so you're using like, what kind of carbon footprint? These are conversations that come up. Carbon footprint for, we're gonna ship this kitschy art halfway across the world and for what, you know? And then you're you're using so much fuel and then there's the, the manpower conversations. It's like, can we just strip down to what's essential? You know, North Node, South Node and Venus and Scorpio. Do we really need all this? So, but I just had to chuckle. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, let's just have a, let's have a look at this, okay? So you got Mother Mary and here, this is Joseph. He is a Bernice something other mountain dog. And then they got the three Kings and, you know, here's Mary is, I look like a Fox to me, but I'm like, what kind of, I looked it up. Mary is a collie. Oh, well, she's, you know, she's got a little hood. And then I'm like, baby Jesus I thought he was a Rottweiler. I'm like, this looks like a Rottweiler. How could Jesus be a Rottweiler? Oh my God, like, it, this, this is insanity, right? No, actually, he's a Yorkie. I want to put everybody at, at ease. But, and then, and then, okay, now, like, this guy, here's my favorite. This is a dachshund. He's one of the three kings. We'll have you know, those three kings were astrologers. Don't tell anybody. Shh. No. I resent being portrayed as a dog, you know, especially a bearing gifts. Oh, he's got this ermine cape, like he's that's a real king looking outfit and the crown. And then, but his bone is bigger than him, and he's he's giving little baby, well, Yorkie Jesus a bone that's bigger than his body. I don't know. The whole thing is so insane. I just I just had to show you, like, we can just laugh a little and go, okay, maybe with Venus retrograde, we we want to think, do we? really need all this kitschy stuff. I don't know. And with all due respect to the company that made it, I'm not tearing you down. I'm talking about the, the whole conversation in general about kitsch, right? We get to revisit this. So enough of that. Okay, let's go to the Zodiac. We will, and the do's and don'ts. Okay, so I would say do's and don'ts for Venus retrograde, since it rules beauty, I would definitely not get any kind of... Uh, a permanent beauty change like a tattoo or a facelift like that because you may not like the results later or you may change your mind and go mm, maybe this isn't really what I wanted so not recommended uh, Venus is about connection social connection this is not the time to have a party I know it's unfortunate Christmas hey Venus retrograde well as we're already seeing with the Omicron variant you know it's obviously not very conducive for, for get together. So you'll, we'll have to invent new ways to party and connect uh, that are, you know, because it's Venus retrograde. Um, getting married, obviously, with Venus being the marriage planet retrograde is not a good thing, unless you were like, oh, I met, you know, this man from, and I'm reconnecting with him and the marriage that we were supposed to have, but we were, you know, you hear those stories like this, somebody was separated as teenagers and then they, find themselves in a nursing home and they're like 78 years old. And they're like, oh, we're going to get married like that we always wanted to do in 1945. You know, like that might be a Venus retrograde story. But in general, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, major luxury items since Venus rules luxury, you know, we would reconsider. Do I really need that yacht? Do I need that Porsche? Well, if you do need it, think it over for the next two months and then decide any kind of expensive designer fashion, you know, those beauty, beauty products, beauty procedures, all of those things are very Venus-y. So the do's and don'ts, right? Just revisit those things. They're gonna revisit you whether you want them or not. 
certainly a good time in transformation to really consider our worth and where have we had hidden fears around um, expressing our worth in the marketplace. Uh, definitely a great, this is like a powerful conversation to be taking with us as we start the new year. Okay, a week through, um, a, a trip through the Zodiac. So if we have, um, we will start with, let's go to our, oh, you know what? I can show you the screen of, here it is, for the chart for Washington, D.C., the Venus retrograde, as we can see here, conjunction with Pluto. It'll step, it'll be um, in the city of Washington. It's gonna be in the second house. And actually in the USA chart, it's also in the second house of money, banks, power, you know, the power elite. We're having a, a redo of that conversation um, very, very loudly. And so um, if you are a Sag rising, this, um, this, um, Venus retrograde will be happening in your second house of money and resources, your own resources, talents, what is important to you? What do you value yourself, others? You know, how does, do you rely on your, um, your esteem? Is it dictated by others like authority figures or the status quo? You know, that, that will definitely come up for you. Um, and the eighth house, it's opposing the eighth house. So your worth versus um, others, how others see you, your, your self-worth. Okay, if you have, let me move this to the hours. And if you have, ding, ding, ding. Okay, if you have a Capricorn rising, this will be in your first house, which will be your self-image, your physical health, your body. Um, you know, maybe some medical, some health challenges, uh, you know, first house can be illness. So I would say in general for everybody, you know, Venus is about the adrenals and the kidneys. So uh, with a conjunction of Pluto, detox your kidneys, people, let's not load up on, you know, too many sweets. Let's, let's be sensible here and try to bring that under control. I know it's Christmas, but um, I would say everything regarding with Pluto, detoxing, cleansing, purifying um, on a physical level and really getting those adrenals up. Your adrenals, your first line of defense for a healthy body. So enough said. That'll really be loud for the cap risings, right? And your self-image, your, your, um, you know, your, who you show, how you show yourself to the world will definitely be a conversation for this Venus, Venus retrograde. Okay, if you have, Aquarius rising, <clears throat> Venus retrograde will be in your 12th house, <clears throat> not an easy house. That is uh, where you might be revisiting um, and really looking deeply around uh, where you feel like you're out of, like you have a lack of agency, uh, where this might be a place where you, um, you know, you're revisiting yourself, like you're going in that Venus cave, right? Like being like the hermit and really thinking deeply around these areas where you feel you have no agency around your self-worth. Uh, so maybe addictive patterns and deep, deep conversations around um, your, uh, you know, maybe unconscious processes that take place that you're not aware of. Uh, you might say that stuff that you've brought in from other lifetimes, you know, that might pop up, but certainly it's a, it's a very mystical house. So you, 
that would be a really good house, you know, if you have Aquarius rising where you might be getting downloads from ancestors. So there's always a good, you know, there's a, there's the, the, um, shadow, you know, the shadow can be, um, bringing like the mud and Lotus springs from the mud, right. From these difficult situations, you can ascertain something very positive. Okay. For Pisces rising, this is going to be in your 11th house, Venus retrograde in your 11th, which is your colleagues, friends, um, friends, groups, group consciousness, group organizations, one's professional peers, all of these things are, are going to undergo a rehaul. Maybe you'll find that the people and friends that you hang out with are toxic and they, you need to do some deep cleaning around the area of friends. So that will be um, in, the, uh, in the 11th house. So we'll just move it forward. If you have Aries rising, this will be in the angular 10th house. So you know that first house is Sag and Aries. So these are the angle first, 10th, 7th and 4th are very, when, when a, 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 card, a planet in like Venus in a cardinal sign in, a, in a, an angular house, that's a very fundamental change, a fundamental shift. And that in, the, in this case, it would be regarding your career and your service, your, your public reputation could get a, a redo, what you bring to the world, how you're seen in the world. Okay, if you have Taurus rising, of course, you know, a Libra's, Libra and Tauruses and Libra risings and Taurus risings, this is a very profound uh, transit because Venus is the ruler of your chart or in the case of the sun, if you're Taurus sun or a Libra sun, Venus rules your sun, your life path. So this is a fundamental looking at. And for you, Taurus risings, this will be occurring in your ninth house, which is, um, you know, faith, religion, spirituality, higher wisdom. It could also rule courts and justice things of that nature, philosophy, you know, yoga, philosophy, esoteric wisdom, foreign travel, it could be, right? Uh, rethinking our plans <laughs> uh, for uh, foreign travel and foreign cultures, things outside of us like that. So that's the ninth house. And then as we move forward, Gemini rising, this will be in your eighth house, which is called the idle place in ancient astrology. And so it's a place where where the, symbolically the sun is heading to be, to start setting. So it's a place of letting go. And it's a place where it's death and rebirth and regeneration. And so again, it's a money house. It rules other people's monies. So this would be a conversation. Maybe you would find, let's say you were thinking about a business deal or partnership with somebody. You might discover during this time period, some secret agreements and, and things that weren't, uh, un unknown to you or just uh, not kosher, you know, Pluto on the dark side could be criminality. There could be some like criminal underhandedness with, with some kind of an agreement or an agreement that you didn't know about or, you know, the understanding, especially Mercury there too, right? So that, that's another uh, a possible scenario. So it's just, but again, from that deep unknowing or letting go of survival patterns around these topics, of one's self-worth, um, there is some new ground broken. Okay, then we have uh, cancer. For cancers, for cancer sun or cancer rising, this will occur in your seventh house of marriage. 
marriage and partnerships, collaborations with others, especially one-to-one, like a counseling position. And it, it all is, can also re- represent like long, ter- long distance, um, sorry, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, long-term, committed long-term relationships, whether it's a marriage or a partnership or business partnerships, um, of things of that nature, where the rehaul will be really uh, taking place. Then if you have Leo risings, this will occur in your sixth house is again, uh, that might be a, a bit of a challenge. You know, that's the, where the joy of Mars and in opposition with the 12th, you might find um, some uh, challenges where, you know, feeling like you talk about self-worth or the employee, like I'm doing all the work and, and I feel like I'm treated like a slave. You know, the sixth house was in ancient astrology was associated with slavery. So maybe those topics might come up that are bitter and painful, but uh, definitely a time to renew there. Things are given to us for a reason. It's all to evolve our consciousness. In the um, Virgo risings, this is going to happen in your fifth house, which is pleasure and creativity. Um, maybe there are some new experiences that are, you're ready to receive, but you just have to face your fears around being yourself. And uh, this is also a house that rules romance and sex and pleasure. So maybe it's about feeling yourself or giving yourself permission to explore deeper sides of your, your sexuality, your femininity, your sexuality, your um, you know, maybe uh, things that might have been taboo subjects, you know, Pluto Venus combination can bring up that, that tab- taboos, societal taboos that maybe interfere with your ability to receive and give pleasure, um, as well as creative projects. Uh, one's, uh, you know, ability to create and to enjoy life and have pleasurable fun activities. Um, it also rules one's children or your childhood or, or children if you have children. So again, those themes can be uh, very prevalent for you in this next couple months. Okay, then we have Libra for Libra risings. This is going to occur in your fourth house of roots, family, family roots, uh, genealogy, um, maybe land or parents, one's parents. Uh, that's a very big conversation. And again, with that, even if your parents have passed, the conjunction of Pluto might be where you mend some relationship from the past. Um, that had been very painful and toxic. So the universe is with you guys on this one. This is, this is rich, rich with opportunity and reimagining our roots and rewriting our roots, how we want to see things. You know, the trauma from the past stops with us. We're conscious beings, you know, it doesn't have to go on. We get to rewrite this. Okay, then we have uh, with Scorpio rising, this is going to take place in your third house, which is the information access, writing, speaking, connecting, networking, listening, learning, all of these things are right, you know, communications and uh, the internet, you know, these are all areas of uh, revision and renegotiation for, for you guys. And we have Sag. There we are, back to Sag, the second house. So yeah, I hope this has been um, useful for you guys. Um, I also wanna say too, and I apologize that I didn't say this sooner, but I have gift certificates. If you're interested in exploring these topics or you know somebody that loves astrology, just uh, 
shoot me an email, Irliana at starsoundastrology.com. I have it below. And let me know, you know, you, you can get them at any, any um, denomination. Um, so uh, but I, I'm apologizing because it, I know it's been, hard. the COVID thing has been hard on all of us these last two years. It's just felt, everything has felt just weird, you know, like time suspended. And it just hasn't felt like Christmas. And it's almost overwhelming to try to, you know, keep up with the speed of time and how things are just moving so quickly. So, um, I, you know, I haven't gotten uh, to even advertise them on my website, but just get me an email. I'll make a nice personalized certificate and you'll be good. You can use it for yourself, for others, as long as they're open to astrology. That's all that, uh, and you know, you have their birth time or they have it. Uh, we can get it done and show you exactly what's in store for you, where these changes are occurring in your chart and what are the most, um, what are the windows of opportunity, you know, and, and what are the, what are empowering conversations can be created out of tough and difficult transits. It's one of my favorite things to do, how we empower ourselves using astrology. So that's all for now. Um, I hope that you are, um, will have a wonderful, blessed Christmas solstice, Kwanzaa, New Year, you know, however you celebrate the holidays, um, the most high blessings and love and uh, go out in nature, enjoy where, whether it's snow or palm trees or somewhere in between, you know, just go out there and feel one with the earth. I think the earth, especially in our Venus retrograde, would really appreciate that in the earth sign of Capricorn. And so connection with the earth, reinvent our connection with the earth would be very, very powerful time. But whatever you do, just be safe. Um, keep love in your heart. Keep some mantras going. Uh, just, just go out there and shine. Shine your light. <laughs> okay. Uh, great to be with you all again. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you very soon. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, starsoundastrology.com. Thank you all for listening. Bye for now.